double introvert. God can still use us. We gotta put him first. Chilling in my safe place, in my safe space. I can let my hair down without feeling out of place. Everybody, this is Ashley McMillan, and you're listening to Awkward Introverts, aka AI. And so it is springtime. I can't believe how quick the year has already, like, it's already about to be summer. Like, it already feel like that where I'm at. It's, but um, happy spring. Welcome to all my new listeners. If you have been listening from the get and you are a supporter, I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for rolling with me because you do not have to be. And so I appreciate you sitting here listening to me, listening to me uh, talk and ramble on about different things. And so today's episode, it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty tough for me. Um, it's a hard truth, and it's why I didn't pledge in college. And I know you're probably asking, how in the world did you, you get here from temperaments? But this is what the Lord is leading me to do. So maybe we could probably get back to temperaments down the road. Um, this, this is possible that this... This will not be able to fit in one episode, but we'll see what the Lord wants to do. And so I've been sitting on this for a long time because it's such a sensitive subject, especially for the black community. And so I've shared like bits and pieces of this, of this story over time with um, with individuals. Like if the opportunity presents itself, I just I don't walk around with a sign, you know, shouting this to the top of my my, uh, my lungs. Um, but I've never done this like on a larger scale or on a platform. So. Um, this is not a attack bash. We finna go back and forth kind of thing. Um, I'm gonna share my story. I'm gonna share, um, what the Lord wants me to share. And, uh, yeah. And so I, I, I felt, like I said, I felt the Lord pushing me to share this. And it's like, it's what's crazy is like about a week ago at leadership class at my church, um, my pastor was sharing what was on the heart of God at that moment for us there. And she, I remember her words, like, God is coming for whatever he has placed in you, um, and it's, it's time. And so that came back to mind when I felt the Lord pushing. I'm like, Lord, really? <laughs> we can talk about anything, something else, anything else. But I am going to, you know, really die to myself and be obedient anyway. So as I felt the Lord pushing me to share this, like everything that, I, that could oppose this came to mind, but also the benefits of it. And it was like, it just be quick. It, it quickly became a war, an internal war. And it was like, the best thing I could do for you and for me is to be obedient. And I can only tell my story on what happened in college. I pray for those that, you know, that are listening and that the Lord prepared or it has prepared your heart to even listen and, and then to even receive. I pray that the Lord gives you understanding and all that are involved in, uh, organizations like this to honestly examine yourself you know it goes back to you examining yourself you seek God's face you seek and ask him what is it that he does not like what is it that can please him and I pray that people will will want to know the truth you know not everybody be wanting to know the truth about things um they'd rather be ignorant and just you know oblivious to things um but I want. I pray that you want to do what pleases the Lord and only Him. So, um, let's start from the beginning. So, before I went to college, more specifically um, HBCU, 
I knew very little about sororities and fraternities. I don't, I don't believe I really heard the words masonry and Eastern stars until I got to college. And so that's, that's like a whole nother world. And the closest I got to knowing about sororities um, was like with a couple of aunts who are, um, who are still to this day, AKAs. And I believe like I was in middle school, one of my aunts took us, me and my sister and like one of my cousins to an HBCU homecoming. And this was the first time I was introduced to a black college at all, like in all that it entailed. And so it was really cool. Like I'm a lover of music. So when I saw like the marching band during like the halftime show at the football game, I like fell in love and I, I like immediately wanted to, be a, wanted to be a part of it. So the football game was fun. Later in the day, we were at some side of like some kind of like sorority cookout. I don't remember much about that night. Um, I had never gone to another homecoming or anything after that. Um, until like I was in college myself when I was much older. And so years later, of course, I ended up being accepted into an HBCU of my own. And I sincerely, you know, had in between that time before I went to college, I had given my life to the Lord between like 11th, 12th grade year and in high school. And so I was sold out for the Lord and I still am. Um, the Lord has saved my life and I was so unaware that it would not be the last time for him to do so. Praise God. So although I had fully given my life to the Lord, all hell continued to break loose in my life and my family. Um, in fact, much of that pushed me to the Father. That's, that was like my tipping point when I ran to the Father. And so um, when there's a void or instability in a home that, uh, that leaves, sometimes it leaves a space where you desire or your desire is a family to be accepted, to be a part of something, something bigger, a group to belong. And so I can honestly say, I think that's, I believe that's where my heart was. Um, going into college, like I wanted to be a part of a family. I wanted to belong because um, all the things I had experienced before getting there. But um, there was like a reality show. I remember it was like some sororities, some sororities. <laughs> and there was a reality show. And I remember there were sororities uh, being a part of this show. I forgot. I don't know what the show was called, but it was like a lot of reality shows going on at this time. And I said to myself, like, well, when I get to college, I'm going to get in a sorority, too. And the summer before I left, I saw this show, like I said. So during my college visits, like, um, actually someone from a sorority had approached me. I think I was there for, like, orientation. Um, I probably liked this little kid that was just, like, by herself, like, wondering where her family was. But they started talking to me. And, you know, she was really nice. We chatted. I don't know what we were talking about. Uh, probably like why I was there and different things like that. She had on some Greek paraphernalia, some red and white. Didn't completely understand it. So, of course, I didn't think anything of it. And so, basically, I had no idea what letters meant, what colors meant, to whom they belong. Um, I ain't know nothing about no Greek alphabet. I was just ignorant to all of it. And so school began, and I remember being on the quad, and, like, every, you can see, like, on the quad, every sorority fraternity had a spot. Each spot had, like, their names, like, their, like, the Greek letters on them, like, the colors, and other things that represent, like, that particular group. So red had always been a favorite color of mine. Like, that's, that's been a thing even before I was at college. And so uh, I just thought nothing of it when I was walking by this red and white tree with some symbols on it, and I'm like, I'm going to pledge this one because I like their colors. <laughs> And so what I'm showing you is that my background and how oblivious I was 
and how I wasn't raised in that kind of environment. Like I wasn't raised where all of my family members that I am that I know of, you know, were in sororities of fraternities and different things like that. Um, I get back to that like that little history a little bit later. Um, so at the beginning, like of my freshman year, there was a mixer. It was called Kick It With The Deltas. Um, I was going to be, it was going to be held at my dorm. I was in honors dorm. It was going to be held at my dorm. And so I went. And so it was, it happened to be like the same group with the colors that I liked. So I was like, okay, cool. I don't remember much about the meeting, but I do remember them. Like they told us that we were going to be signed mentors um, from, um, from them. And so I thought like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like I was the first in my family to attend college. So I definitely didn't mind having somebody to help me out a bit. Like, shoot, I have a big sister. That's cool. And so one day I received a call in my room. It was um, it was my new mentor. And this is where, you know, when cell phones was beginning to take off and they looked real slim and cool, you know, while I was still using like a calling card to call home um, from my landline telephone in my room. So I did eventually get my own cell phone. But, you know, this was like in between that time. Like you could have had a cell phone, but clearly I didn't have a, you know, I wasn't making money. And I had a work study, but it wasn't like that. Um, so anyway, back to the point. So my mentor was cool. I liked her. Um, still do. And um, we would go to, we she would take me to lunch. We would just talk. You know, I was introduced to, like, all her, like, sorority sisters. They were cool. Um, I liked them, and they liked me. And that was that was about it. Uh, I later found myself, like, found out that, my like, my mentor, she was, like, the president at the time. And that didn't change anything. It was like, oh, okay, fun fact. And so it didn't change who I was. I was just myself. And I say that because later I found out that, you know, the position I was in where I was just hanging out with them, it wasn't always the norm, I think, for a lot of people. And there were people that would, I guess, do the most because they wanted to be a part of this group. So, you know, they would be, since they wanted to get in, they would just, you know, I don't know, suck up, I guess. I don't know if that's the word to say, but... I was just myself. That's all I can say. Um, I remember at one point during my freshman year, I began to pray, and I was asking the Lord, you know, is it okay if I pledge Delta? And the Lord began to answer me, and he said no. <laughs> so now that really wasn't the answer I was waiting for or what I was expecting to hear. You know, since I was a freshman, um, I tried not to get too bothered about his answer because I wasn't even allowed to pledge, you know, my freshman year anyway. So it's like, oh, psh, I can't pledge in the moment anyway. So I thought to myself, I, you know, the Lord probably just saying this because, you know, it's just not time right now. So, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till next year when I'm actually like, you know, a sophomore and I can't pledge. So sophomore year comes around and boom, I'm eligible. Everything seemed to be lined up, like, perfectly. Like, my grades were, like, at an all-time high, you know, and I felt like, okay, this the year. And so I began to pray and see God's face again concerning me pledging. Like, the Lord's answer didn't change. And he actually, you know, he said a little bit more this time, but he still said no. And he kept, he started to give me this scripture, uh, Romans 12, 2, along with the no. And so when I finally read the scripture, I was just, I was doing the most. I really was. I was doing the most. I was like, well, God, I, God, I still don't understand. What are you saying? First of all, he already said no. But I'm like, well, what are you saying? I don't, 
I don't get it. So he began to, I, after that, I began to get Romans 12, 1 and 2, which reads, I'll read it for you. So it reads, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse two, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. All right. So it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's the NLT version. And so I tried to make sense of these verses by looking it up, looking up like the same verse in different versions. Um, because it simply, it, it wasn't the answer I wanted. And the scriptures didn't, um, they definitely didn't seem to be saying, yes, go do what you want to do. And I can honestly say I didn't see what the problem was. Like, why God? Why? No, like, this ain't even a hypothetical question that I'm just proposing to you. I became mad at the Lord. Like, I was mad. And I like, I didn't go off. Um, I didn't do anything crazy, but I was mad and I let the Lord know I was mad. Like, and so I constantly let him know at the same time, you know, that I was upset and the Lord constantly kept telling me the same scripture over and over again. And I began to see, <laughs> it's funny cause how the Lord does it is I began to see these verses everywhere I mean everywhere I mean when I say everywhere I mean from places and people that knew nothing about what I wanted to do and what I asked the Lord and what he said to me it got to the point where somebody gave me a free t-shirt a free t-shirt y'all you know here, here a t-shirt cool thanks you know what was printed on the back of this t-shirt you guessed it Romans 12 1 and 2 I was like okay you can stop now I get it you know, but I still was not, I wasn't settled inside myself. And I didn't, I didn't understand. It's just like, if you grew up with parents that said, because I said so and no, I just, I didn't accept that. Like, I want to understand, you know, why you're telling me no. And so, um, I began to continue to ask the Lord, well, why? Because I don't see it. I don't see what's wrong. Why you won't let me do this? And if you have any type of relationship with the Lord, when he, if you haven't learned when he says no to something, that means he's protecting you from something. He has something better. And so he knows all. And my little self, I didn't, I didn't know, or I don't know. I don't know everything. And I definitely didn't know why my answer was not a yes, because it just looked like such a cool group, a group or a family to be a part of. And so I started praying for the Lord to open my eyes so I can understand because I was, I was really hurt. And mind you, I'm still like hanging out with them. And so it's just kind of like, but I want to be a part of this group. And the Lord began to open my eyes spiritually and I began to see and he began to teach me why he said no. And if you line it up with the word of God, it doesn't line up. And when I say line up, it's just kind of like, what does the word of God say about different things? And so I started to do my own research just on my own. 
and uh, I would try to I would start looking up things and what the meaning of those things were and sororities of attorneys and Eastern Star Mason they do some great things in the community um, they do they do community service I'm pretty sure they help people when they are in need but the thing was the Lord started to you know just I think just ask me questions like well they do community service oh so you can't do community service outside of these groups well they said like they'll you know they'll help when it concerns like getting a job a good job oh so I'm not your source I can't get you what you need and where you need to be at with a job oh so you can't help people outside of being a part of this sorority why not why you why you gotta be in it to do these things and so, as you can see, I was looking at things from a physical aspect and not from a spiritual aspect. And so I would, I would start to look at, like, the symbols and the different things that were going on around me, just, you know, really paying attention. And so when I looked up, like, um, their symbol, it was like, who is this lady on the front? And it was like, Minerva. So who is Minerva? You know, this is me kind of, like, you know, studying and, and whatnot. And so she's the sorority's mentor. She's the goddess of wisdom. You, you got me at goddess, um, but she's the goddess of wisdom. So she, I begin to dig into the word of God and the word of God is, is what I shape my life around. And it says to put no other God, lowercase G before him in the book of Exodus, like the Lord used Moses and Aaron to deliver um, the Israelites out of Egypt. Right. So by chapter 19, the people of Israel had escaped Pharaoh and his army. They had escaped through the Red Sea you know, all this craziness was going on and they traveled through the wilderness and they arrived at like Mount Sinai, if I said that right. Probably just making up my own words, but just go with me. So they arrived at Mount Sinai uh, where the Lord revealed himself. And Exodus 19 says exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. They set up camp at the base. Exodus 20 says God gave Moses instructions to the people. And you may have heard, like, you may have heard of them. They're the Ten Commandments. Boom. So the first thing on the list was verse 3. It says, you must not have any other God but me. So why is there a goddess to represent the organization? The same one um, that when I asked and I told them, you know, well, I'm a Christian, my, the response I got was, well, we have Christian principles, and I found out their Christian principle was, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. You know, that's not enough. What about the rest of the Bible? What about, what about the rest of it? Are we not counting that? Are we not including that? And so Exodus 20 and 4 says, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or in the earth or in the sea. Verse 5 says, you must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation of those who reject me. Verse 6 says, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. God's law, it helps expose sin in all of us, you know, and they give us a standard uh, for righteous living. There's a lot of similarities between ancient cults and today's Greek-lettered organizations. In Egypt, the same, same place where God delivered the people of Israel 
um, the land, they had many idols and many gods in Egypt. So many of those gods represented different aspects of life. So it was, it was common to worship many gods, like a lot of little lowercase g gods, to get the most blessings. And it became a problem when God said, you must not have any other God but me. Although all throughout the Old Testament, you'll see people getting into trouble because they were serving other gods, lowercase g. And they were making altars. They were making a golden calf. They were worshiping it and doing all sorts of evil things that the Lord clearly he forbid. So the thing, today, the thing is, it's no different today. They're just in another form or, in a, or hidden within organization, organizations like the Masonic Order, the Eastern Stars, and of course, sororities and fraternities. All these things are, are hidden or hidden in plain sight, some of them. And so I began to compare the word of God with what I had going on around me. And you can imagine my shock and my heart begin to break for those that I cared about and still do care about um, that are in or have become a part of, let's, let's go ahead and plainly put it, a new age cult. I began to stop congratulating people for crossing. It seemed backward for, backwards for me to congratulate somebody on pledging their lives to an organiza- organization and it's just kind of when I was starting to have this understanding about stuff, it was like I was broken hearted. And so I, I was broken hearted. So I can't imagine how the Lord feels about it, you know, especially those that, you know, that are that said they are his. And I began to find these things out. And there was still a battle with inside myself, like my spirit man and my flesh, because I still tried to create a reason that I still should join. You know how God says something, like notice something, we try to find a way around it. That's what I was doing. I could, I can get in, I can change things around. You know, that's what I thought. And, and I've heard other people say that before too. But if we are completely honest with ourselves, let's be honest, everyone. If we're completely honest with ourselves and God, do you believe that to be true? And as tough as it was, I had to be honest with myself. I had to pray that, um, and I pray that others you know, that are listening will do the same. I pray y'all do the same. You know, if you don't believe me, you seek God yourself. You are an adult. You can do whatever you want to do. I believe that had I been disobedient um, and what I heard, I I think my heart, in my heart, I would have turned away from the Lord eventually. Remember when I mentioned that the things are no different today, but it's just in another form or it's hidden within these organizations. So let's look at like, First King chapter 11, Solomon, Solomon loved like all these foreign women. He married them. The Lord clearly gave instructions to the people of Israel. And it was for them not to marry these women because God knew they would turn their hearts away from God and to their lowercase g God. And so the Bible shares that Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. Having seven, This man had 700 wives and 300 concubines. No, ma'am. But anyway, the result was that they did turn his heart away from the Lord. And in 1 King 11.4, in Solomon's old age, it says, they turned his heart to worship other gods, lowercase g. Instead of being completely faithful to the Lord, his God, as his father David had been. Verse 5 says, Solomon worshiped Ashtoreth the goddess of the Sidonians. 
and Melech, the detestable God of the Ammonites. Verse 6 says, In this way Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. Verse 7, On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for Chemosh, the detestable God of Moab, and another for Melech, the detestable gods of the Ammonites. And the Lord was very angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. Of course, he had consequences and repercussions. He lost his kingdom. Um, but I hope you can see the relation because people have been, this has been going on <laughs> since for almost forever with this going on. And the Lord brought to me that you know, I would be unequally yoked if I chose to pledge. I didn't think about how I could be bonding and creating soul ties with all different types of peoples. I mean, it could be witches, psychics, etc., etc. And I would be opening myself up to anything in the spirit. I would be making alliances, you know, and not just, not everyone is a believer. And even if they are, we can go back to the first point when we were talking about not putting any other gods before the Lord. And so 2 Corinthians 6.14 Amplified says, Do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers. Do not make mismatched alliances with them. Inconsistent with your faith. What partnership can righteousness have with lawlessness? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Verse 15, what harmonies can there be between Christ and Satan? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell among them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. So come out from among the unbelievers and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will graciously receive you and welcome you with favor. Verse 18 says, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And so I went through a lot of other things that I was not permitted to share yet. A lot of things that I saw, a lot of things that I experienced. And I, today I am, I am eternally grateful because I was obedient despite what I wanted to do, um, despite the encouragement to go ahead and, you know, go um, it was hard, but I was, I, you know, today it's a lot more people, you know, writing books about their experience or, you know, just um, ministering or sharing um, how God opened their eyes and they get to see. And so it made me feel like, you know what? I'm not crazy. I did hear from the Lord years ago, and I'm happy that I listened because the stories that I have heard, you know, just trying to detach and get out it is tough, and the Lord saved me from having to deal with all of that. You know, when he says no, please just just don't do it. And it's just even outside of just this particular subject. When he says no, he's protecting us. He knows what this could do. He knows what's going to happen if we do. So God has a plan for, for our lives, for your lives. Remember in Jeremiah 29, 11, from when he talked about your thoughts or not, my thoughts and your ways are not my ways, but he has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, remember that. And I know the Lord wanted me to post this for, for some reason. 
And, you know, God just, he doesn't want just a piece of you. If I'm honest, if you didn't hear nothing else, he does not want just a piece of you. Even if you are not in a sorority or fraternity or um, in masonry or Eastern Star, altogether, God does not want a piece of you. He doesn't want just some of you. He doesn't just want a little small piece of your heart. But he wants all of you, all of your heart. He doesn't want to share you. You are the apple of his eye. You are his everything. And so I know this was a hard pill to swallow, but you made it to the end. Praise God. I play this. Bless you. I'm going to leave you with Kurt Franklin's song, Idols. Sit back, meditate, seek the Lord, and holler at you, girl.
not me. I'm not a boy.